0: everybody welcome to digging deeper my name is Gunnar I'm one of the pastors at Chapel Hill and in this podcast we are seeking to dig deeper into the questions that most of us wrestle with especially as Christians and people exploring the faith and so each week we try to tackle a question and dig a little deeper into what God has for us on that specific subject today we are answering the question, or seeking to answer the question, which version of the Bible should I use? Now, if you have the Bible app or any other kind of application, or maybe you go on to Bible Gateway, which is a big website with all sorts of Bible versions on it, wherever you access the Bible, other than in a hard copy of the Bible that you have in your hand, you probably notice that there are tons of Bible translations available, and so it can be completely overwhelming looking through the list of all of those options to decide which one should I be reading. So we want to answer the question, which version of the Bible should I use? Well, I'm here to tell you, and kind of half jokingly but half seriously, that the best translation of the Bible out there is the one that you actually use. Okay, the best translation of the Bible out there is the one that you actually use. That, uh, If we were to factor in only a few exceptions, all modern translations of the Bible are trustworthy, accurate, and helpful for understanding the Word of God. Uh, as many of us know, the Bible was not originally written in English. Uh, far from it. It was originally written in Hebrew, Greek, and a little bit of it in Aramaic. And so, if we want to have access to those original documents of the 66 books of the Bible, then we need a translation. We need, a, hopefully, a team of people who can understand those languages and translate from those original languages into our modern-day languages that we speak. And for us, that is English. And we have uh, a ton of translations to choose from. We have a wealth of knowledge in uh, this day and age and place. And so we have the blessing of having multiple uh, translations in the same language from the original languages. And again, with only a few exceptions, all of the modern translations that you can find, that you can read on the web or in a printed copy, are trustworthy, accurate, and helpful. Now, it may be helpful to know what are those few exceptions? (laughs) Uh, You may be wondering, what what translations aren't trustworthy, accurate, and helpful? Well, obviously, we believe that uh, the translations that bring in a bias, uh, that are actually willing to alter the original meaning of the scriptures to fit into a particular doctrinal framework, that those are dangerous and there are actually groups that are heretical, and we don't use that word loosely, that are teaching uh, doctrines contrary to sound doctrine uh, that may even fit into what some would term cults, uh, that are teaching um, false doctrine, that some of those churches and ministries have taken it upon themselves to translate the Bible or at least make uh, edits to a translation of the Bible to fit within their belief system. So for example, the Jehovah's Witnesses who do not believe in the Trinity, who do not believe in the divinity of Jesus and some other foundational doctrines of the Christian faith, Jehovah's Witnesses have a Bible called the New World Translation. And that one is hard to find on uh, an app if you're using kind of a typical Christian Bible app or on a website like Bible Gateway. Um, it's going to be harder for you to find, but it is out there. Uh, Joseph Smith also translated portions of the Bible uh, for the, the LDS Church. And so those sorts of translations that bring in outside teaching, outside doctrine, and have a bearing on uh, the text, those are not trustworthy. Uh, those are not accurate, and they're not helpful to our walk with the Lord. So those would be the main exceptions to look out for is translations that do not find their footing in the historic Orthodox Christian Church. Um, But there are others as well that you might want to be mindful of uh, that are not um, not as accurate. One in particular that's gotten more notoriety and popularity recently is called the Passion Translation. Uh, And the Passion Translation, actually, as of today, I believe, was removed from Bible Gateway, which is one of the biggest uh, Bible websites that you can read from and study from. And Bible Gateway was given a a bunch of research um, from a variety of different uh, scholars that was compiled uh, by a Bible teacher named Mike Winger, who kind of brought together these scholars and teachers and professors to look at the text of the Passion Translation and raise genuine concerns about its trustworthiness, its accuracy, and its helpfulness. And so, uh, that's one website that chose to take it down. Now, does that mean that uh, every section of the Passion Translation is unhelpful? No, of course not. Uh, But it is hard to discern for those of us who don't have uh, a, a big background in the biblical languages, it can be difficult to discern which sections are not trustworthy, accurate, or helpful. And so it's probably wise to steer clear of translations like the Passion Translation, and that of course it's, uh, it's important to steer clear of uh, translations of the Bible that tamper with the original meaning of the scriptures, like the no- New World Translation. Uh, It's also maybe helpful to know that not all modern Bibles are translations. In other words, there is a difference between translations and paraphrases. A translation seeks to take the meaning of a given text and take it from its original language into the language it's translating it for. And when those translations do that, their goal is to represent fairly the meaning of the text before them in the language that we need to read it in. Uh, A translation does that, whereas a paraphrase does that, but more. It actually reads into the passage of the Bible, as we're talking about scriptures in particular. It takes that original uh, original meaning, and it interweaves a little bit of, of commentary from the author, a little bit of insight. It kind of teases out some ideas Um, And it may do so biblically, it may do so fairly, uh, but it also, we just need to be mindful of it. We need to be mindful that it is not a direct translation from the original into modern English. It is adding into it some uh, comments and some perspectives of the author. And so it can actually serve in some ways kind of like a commentary, uh, but the commentary is interwoven into the text of the Bible. Examples of this, a little older version is the Living Bible, and a more modern example of this is the Message. And the Message can be helpful, once again, in all the ways that I have described, and also for longer uh, readings. If we want to kind of read through a whole book of the Bible, it can really bring it to life as we read it in more of a, um, you know, teased out form, and and can, can help us understand it better. But I think that those... Uh, paraphrases are more supplemental materials to support a more regular reading of the scriptures in a translation of the Bible that we can trust, that we know is accurate and is helpful. So those are some a few exceptions. All modern translations of the Bible are trustworthy, accurate, and helpful. So I'll just throw out some that you may be familiar with. The English Standard Version, ESV. The New American Standard Bible. The New King James Version the New Living Translation, the New International Version, and you could go on and on. Uh, Those ones that I just listed, by the way, uh, the New Revised Standard Version, NRSV, that whole list that I just read, Uh, those are pretty common Bibles that if you were to go to Barnes and Noble or any other place that books are sold, you could probably find a copy of one of those Bibles. There's the New English translation, the Net Bible is what it's called. There's all sorts of translations out there that you can read, that you can know a team of folks worked hard, who are experts, scholars, who have good hearts, that they sat down and they made every attempt to uh, accurately and helpfully portray the meaning of Scripture. So, uh, the best translation of the Bible is the one that you actually use. So, if you use one of those that I just listed off, or another one that's uh, kind of on this list of modern translations of the Bible, uh, you can uh, you can count on them being helpful. But the best translation of the Bible is the one that you actually use. Now, before I kind of move from the few exceptions list. I think it may be helpful. There's one translation that has been uh, probably the most popular Bible translation in the English world since it's uh, it was penned, and that is the King James Version, the Authorized King James Version. Uh, In 1611 was when it was originally written, and then it's gone through some different adaptations. But chances are, somewhere in your house (laughs) or a house of of the people that you grew up in there is a copy of the King James Version of the Bible. So is that a version that we should use? You'll notice that I said in my opening statement with only a few exceptions, all modern translations of the Bible are trustworthy, accurate, and helpful. So what about these not so modern versions (laughs) that use older English? Uh, You could add to that list the Geneva Bible or the Tyndale uh, Bible or, or others that existed in kind of that era of the church. So are those helpful? particularly the King James. I would say, yes, the King James Version is a very helpful version of the Bible. But since that time period, there's been a lot that we've learned, uh, particularly about the manuscripts that we have of the Bible, that there's a lot more evidence, a lot more material that we found from a lot older, a lot before uh, the, the materials that the King James Version is based off of, that we have really great tools and really great material to be able to have an even more accurate, trustworthy, and helpful translation. And I would say, most importantly, on the helpful side, because the, the King James translators in their opening preface to the translation actually encourage that this should not be the one-and-done translation for the English-speaking world, that this should begin the the, the beginning of, of many to come, um, that it should be in the vernacular of the people. Uh, this is what we believe from the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is a foundational uh, confession for the Presbyterian Church, for the EPC in particular, and we believe in that, uh, in that description of the scriptures from the Westminster Confession, that we should have access to those 66 books of the Bible in language that is understandable, that is in the vernacular, uh, the spoken language of the people. And so the King James Version, there's a lot of phraseology, a lot of terminology that we just don't use anymore. And there are also these little friends, uh, they're deceptive, Um, There's a great book on this that I'll put in the description of this video about the King James Bible, and one author points out that there are phrases and words in the King James Bible that we may think we know what they mean, but we use that word or phrase in a completely different way than people did back in the 16 and 1700s. So we need to be careful of how much we use the King James Version, perhaps. But if it's something that you grew up on, then maybe what's helpful is to use the King James version and supplement that with a more modern version of the Bible, like the New King James or the ESV or something that's similar uh, to the King James Bible, but has the updates uh, to the manuscripts and to the translation philosophy and is in the spoken uh, language of, of our day and age. So, the King James Version, important version of the Bible, we should probably all be familiar with it just as English-speaking Christians, but uh, there are better translations today that are more trustworthy, more accurate, and more helpful today. So what kinds of translations are there? Uh, in that kind of tier of the modern translations of the Bible. What kind of translations are there and what are they useful for? This can be helpful in trying to get down to the bottom of what translation do I want to use. Again, the best translation of the Bible is the one that you actually use. But maybe you're at the point where you're going, which one should I actually use? Um, And if that's you, then it can be helpful to know what kinds of translations there are and what they're useful for. So, most people put a continuum together of the kinds of translations that there are from a more word-for-word translation to a more thought-for-thought translation. All translations are trying to take the meaning of the original text and put it into modern English, but how they go about that, what their process looks like and so on, is unique. And so each translation has unique qualities that can be very helpful. Again, some of them on the more word-for-word translation where they're taking a word in Hebrew or in Greek and they're trying to find a corresponding word in modern English that matches and use that. And so, they're taking one word at a time, uh, you know, in relation to the other words and trying to make it as uh, as accurate as possible, as close to the original as possible through a word-for-word type of translation. Now. There are also thought-for-thought uh, thought translations, and those translations tend to take more of a, a collection of words or a handful of words, a phrase, and they're trying to get to the heart of what the, that, that, uh, that chunk of scripture means and then translate that into English. And so those tend to be more understandable. Um, So, like I mentioned, there's trustworthy, accurate, and helpful is something that all the modern translations are. Some of them, they're all trustworthy, but some of them try to lean more into the accuracy uh, so that when you read it, it may not make make as much sense right off the bat, but you know it lines up closely word for word to the original. Whereas other translations try to lean into helpfulness, and their goal is to make it as helpful to you as the reader to understand it, you pick it up, and you get it. And you can put all of these translations on a spectrum and everybody has a different way of doing that. But to give you an example of some more uh, word-for-word translations, you have the English Standard Version, you have the New American Standard Bible, you have the New King James Version, you have the New Revised Standard Version. Those tend to be more on the word-for-word basis, the word-for-word side of the spectrum. And then on the thought-for-thought, You have translations like the niv new international version the new english translation net you have the new living translation which actually the new living translation took the paraphrase of the living bible and made it more like a translation and so they kind of are in that tradition uh so that one really is on the the thought for thought side of things it's much more uh It's much easier to understand that it is super accurate and consistent, translating word for word what you see in the Bible. So there's a spectrum. Which one is right for you? Well, I think all of them to a certain degree are right for all of us. We can use them for different things. More word-for-word translations are helpful in our in-depth study of the Bible. So, if you've been to a class like Bible Study Fellowship, or, or uh, 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 there's another one that's not coming to, to mind, but uh, there are other, there are classes out there, precepts, that's what I was thinking of. There are classes that you can go to that you're really digging in word-for-word to the meaning of the Bible. Um, and perhaps at home, you can do that on your own. You can take out your Bible and you really want to dig deep and you want to understand and maybe even look up what was the original word that Paul used and what meanings did that have? And you want to do a little bit of word study. That sort of study is really helpful to do in those more word for word translations. Um, it's also really helpful to teach and to preach out of those word for word translations so that you can explain more the meaning of, of the words. And uh, you, you can read it and you might go, I don't quite understand that right off the bat For in some ways, but if I kind of dig into it deeper and somebody explains it to me, oh, I get it. And I can see how things connect uh, in a powerful way, similar to how you would in the original languages for reading and, and kind of longer-term reading of the Bible, and especially if you are newer to the Bible, if you're going, man, I don't even know where to start, I don't have a habit of reading the Bible, but I want to, start with something like the New Living Translation. Start at least with the NIV, something like that, That that is more understandable and flows a little bit more like English, and you can read it and have very few questions about what it means. So that's where those can be helpful. And actually using translations together can be helpful. What you have to be careful is you can't just pick whatever meaning or whichever translation and go, oh, that one I think makes the most sense to me and I like it the most. And so I'm gonna kind of do that. Uh, You don't wanna pick and choose. You want, you also wanna kind of sit under the word and say, okay, what is the Bible saying? How do I, how can I understand it in its original context and then apply it to my life? Um, so choosing an everyday translation, I think you want to make sure that it's a good fit for you, that you understand it, that you, that you resonate with it, that something, again, the best translation is the one that you use. So pick one that you're going to actually sit down and use. And then also pick one that you can have in a format that makes sense for you. Um, so most of them are on an app, most of them are online. But if you wanna get a copy of the Bible, make sure that the translation has a copy that you're gonna actually use. For some people, that's a journaling Bible. For others, you want it to be in leather. Uh, For some people, you want it to be a hardback that you can throw into your your suitcase or your backpack or whatever. Find a Bible that's gonna work for you that you can use regularly. And I would also choose a translation, a version of the Bible that you know that others in your life are using, especially your church family. Uh, For us at Chapel Hill, we use the English Standard Version in our worship services. And so you may want to go with the ESV. There's tons of formats available. Uh, It is generally understandable. There's some some clunky words in there, here and there. Uh, But as you hear it taught, you'll realize how much it aligns with the original languages. Uh, Anyway, the ESV may be a good one for you to use, especially if you have a little more familiarity with the Bible. You want to bring it with you to church, which I highly recommend, and you want to commit it to memory. So choosing an everyday, everyday translation, make sure that you can understand it, it resonates with you, it's available in a format that you'll actually use, and perhaps it's what others in your life are using as well so that it is, uh, it is useful to you in those settings. So why does Chapel Hill use the ESV? Maybe I'll close with these thoughts. Uh, Chapel Hill uses the ESV, I, my understanding is, over the years when we switched uh, to the ESV, is because of how accurate and word for word it is, how close it is uh, to the original languages. So that when we are teaching through the Bible, uh, one of our pastors is, is preaching, that they can pull in what the original language said in the Hebrew, the Greek, or sometimes the Aramaic. But oftentimes when we teach them the New Testament, we can say this word in the Greek has this background or this meaning. And there's a connection between the original language and our modern English speaking. So it's accurate. The other thing that is a pro of the ESV is, like I said, the King James is very helpful. But it's also uh, old (laughs) and can be hard to understand and understand correctly even when people think that they're understanding it and so having a modern translation is really helpful but honoring that heritage and some of the language that we're so used to in the church that the church has been using for now hundreds of years it can be helpful to retain some of that and the ESV comes from the tradition of the King James. It is a revision of the King James Version. Uh, as they went, as the translating team went back to the original languages and said, Does this check out? Uh, does this check out with the tools we have, uh, the resources we have, the, the content that we have now um, in our manuscripts? And they went through and did a complete and total new translation new translation that comes from the King James stream. And so there's gonna be language in there that you are going to be familiar with, like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or this is the day that the Lord has made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it, or uh, things like that you're going you're gonna to find. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, this is the language of the King James that we are uh, familiar with. And so having that tradition is very helpful. And finally, it's available, as I mentioned before, in so many formats that pretty much anybody can get their hands on on an ESV that works for them. So if you wanna do that, go on to uh, wherever you like to buy books online or in person and go find a copy of the ESV uh, if, if that is something that you feel would be useful for you. I think it's very helpful to have a hard copy of the Bible to be able to mark up, to be able to see where things are, to be able to memorize and get familiar with and to pray the scriptures back to God with a resource like that. So what's the best Bible version out there? I think we've heard it enough times to know by now. It's the one that you actually will use. It can be overwhelming. But you can be certain that with only a few exceptions, all modern translations of the Bible are trustworthy, accurate, and helpful. There are really two groupings of translations, those that are more word for word and those that are more thought for thought. And depending on where you are in your faith journey, uh, you may want to choose a translation that most aligns with you. With the thought for thought, as you're, if you're newer to the Bible and, or that, that you would like to understand the language a little bit easier, a word for word, if you're more familiar with the Bible. And no matter what, make it a habit to use your Bible every day uh, to get familiar with it, get it into your heart and your soul. As uh, Spurgeon said, we want uh, blood that is bibling. We want to be so saturated in the word of God that it's just part of who we are. And the best way that you can do that is to read and read and pray and pray and study and study the scriptures, whatever translation you choose. I hope this has been helpful for you. Feel free to share it with others. Uh, Like it if you liked it. Uh, You can comment if you'd like to share what your favorite Bible version is and what you're reading out of and benefiting from right now. And uh, you can feel free to also ask questions or share comments in that comment section. So thank you so much for joining us uh, and for digging deeper, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. All right, thanks.